We're so thankful for Brother Derek and what they're doing there in Belize. And uh, after you hear our brother minister uh, this morning, uh, we are going to uh, be a blessing to him and, and the work that they're doing in Belize as well. And uh, we, uh, I mentioned that on Wednesday for those that was here. Uh, but uh, there's some projects that they're doing, and we're going to come alongside and help that uh, do that. And we're going to give you an opportunity to join with us as a ministry. And uh, we are going to bless uh, uh, him and the ministry before they leave today. And if you feel led to be praying about that, let that just set on your spirit while you hear this great young man of God deliver his heart and the heart of the Lord to you. And uh, at the end, we will, uh, we will pass an offering plate uh, and uh, just make that check, if you would please, uh, to PTC Ministries. And then in the memo section, just write Belize on it. And that way you, we can uh, put that towards your uh, annual giving as well. And, uh, but we're going to bless him and uh, send them out full today, okay? At this time, can you help me make welcome Brother Derek to the platform? You, my friend. Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. It's such a joy to be here with you guys this morning to share the word of God. Thank you, Pastor Ron and, and Sister uh, Debbie, for your great hospitality and, and making sure that we're okay. I mean, just a couple of weeks we have been in communication and our hearts already connect about the great commission. And, and so thank you very much. Thank you, church, for your um, great hospitality and taking good care of us. I mean, from the time we came here, you guys have been loving on us. Thank you so, so much. And if you may wondering why I look like a million dollars this morning, somebody mentioned about uh, a, a sale at, at um, the men's closet. Is it the men's closet or men warehouse? And I had four ladies that dressed me, okay? Four ladies that dressed me, all right? My daughter picked the tie out, and she said, Daddy, you need to get that tie. I mean, uh, Miss Vanessa pressed my suit, and my wife approved it, all right? And so I want to say that's the reason why I look like this, but also thanks to Sister Becky, you know, for, for, for taking good care of us. Last night, we went camping for the first time. We went camping. The Lord is good to us. He gave us sunshine yesterday, and so that's, that's awesome. But we went camping. It was a high-tech camping, all right? We ate most of our meals inside the house, all right? And then we just slept in the camper to say, uh, you know, we, we did camping. But it was awesome, 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 awesome. Are you guys blessed this morning? Amen, amen. I, honestly, I won't talk a lot about my ministry because I believe that God has a word and you guys didn't come to hear about all the good stuff that we're doing in Belize. You will have time to hear that, but I do believe that you came to hear a word from the Lord this morning. Um, my, my beautiful wife is here with me this morning. Her name is Valentine. Uh, I always say that grace give me what I don't deserve. I don't deserve a woman like her, but God graced me with her. All right, so can we please give my, my wife... And, 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 then, and then my daughter, Hannah, went to be in the, um, the, the kids' church, but I believe the Lord gave me her to keep me in front of the cross, all right? So thank, thank the Lord for reminding me that I need to stay in front of the cross. But we come from a nation of Belize, uh, 
you know, roughly between 350 to 400,000 people live there. Um, we were once a British colony, so our, our first language is English, but we're a very diverse uh, population. We, we we're called the melting pot, a vegetable salad. All right, if you go there, you'll see uh, people like me, you will see Hispanics, Mestizos, Mayan, Arawak, Chinese, you name it, we have it. All right, um, and the Lord has called us to our nation. We were born and raised there. And the Lord called us to our nation to work alongside the local church to bring about community transformation. So we don't exist without the local church. And how do we do that? We connect with every church in the country as much as we can. And we equip and resource them in evangelism. Whatever it is that the Lord is placing on their heart to reach their community, we want to come alongside that. And one of the strategies that we use is that we reach the kids, we connect the parents, and we impact the community. Um, so many doors are closed, but when we start showing the parents that we love on their kids, they begin to open up and they begin to open their doors to the gospel. And we go in and we meet with them and we share the gospel. And before you know it, we have multiple homes receiving the gospel and then we bring about community transformation. And so the Lord gave us that strategic plan. He said, first, I want you to love on the kids. And when you love on the kids, the parents will open up to the gospel. And we have seen churches grown through that method, through that strategic uh, plan that God gave us. We have people that would have never entered the doors of the church, but because we love their kids, they enter the church. I mean, um, you know, drugs dealers and uh, alcohol, uh, alcoholics and all of these people start coming to the church because we love on their kids, all right? And we also believe that we can strategically reach our entire nation of Belize by going home to home, all right? So we believe in the go and tell and not the come and see. All right, we believe in the Luke 10 method. You go in and you fellowship with them. And so we believe that we can strategically reach our entire nation with the gospel by going home to home because somebody lives somewhere. All right, and so we come alongside the local church and do that. And so that is pretty much what we do. I, I believe that they will put our website up um, and you guys could go there if you want to know more about what we're doing and, and that kind of thing. I'm excited to see what PTC and um, us will be doing in Belize. I believe that great things are ahead of us, amen? Greater things are yet to be done. Greater things are still to be done. But with all of that, I believe this morning I'm on a, on a special assignment. I'm not here to play this morning. The Lord told me that there are some somebody in here this morning that has been trying to run away from his calling and his purpose. And you can't outrun him this morning. You have been cornered. So you're not here by accident. And then he also showed me that there is one young lady in here that had the thought of committing suicide. And the enemy told you that you're not good enough. But he'd come to, he, he sent me this morning to tell you that the same place that the enemy told you that you're going to end your life is the same place that you will live and you will bring forth fruits. Come on, I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but I'm on assignment. I am, I am on, a, on an assignment, and I'm not going to leave until those souls are changed, that they won't leave here the same way they came in. Amen? Amen. Amen. How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? 
The psalmist, the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. I don't know about you, but there are so many churches around the world that we don't have this privilege. We don't have um, this. But, but, but I'm, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You don't want to know why? Because I know in the house of the Lord is the presence of the Lord. And where the presence of the Lord is, whatever seems impossible can be possible. Whatever mountain is in our way can be moved. Whatever the enemy is trying to trap us in the presence of Almighty God. There are mighty things. And so I believe that this morning that there will be liberty. There will be chains that will be broken. There will be oppressions that will be lifted. There will be a change in mind, a change of heart. People set on fire and running. I believe something special about this morning. Amen. 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 Say, Lord, speak to me. Say, say Lord, speak to me. All you need this morning is a word from God. All you need, listen, all you need is a word from God. The word of God can take a prostitute and turn into a worship leader. The word of God can take a wayward person and bring them into the house of God. Come on, somebody, the word of God, all you need this morning is a word from the Lord. And so this morning in your spirit, you just say, Lord, speak to me. Amen. If you have your Bible, let's turn to Matthew chapter 5. Amen. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6. Just one verse I will give you guys this morning. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. And you guys know this. If you've been around the church very long, you will know this from the other verse. But pastor, I stand in agreement with what you said. That, that there is a new beginning. There is a new beginning, but it will take something for us to possess it. And I believe that is the word that God gave me this morning. So, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Are we there? Amen. It said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Let us pray. Dear Lord, Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for who you are. We thank you that you're still on the throne. And because you're still on the throne, there is still hope for us. Father, I pray this morning that your Holy Spirit will come in this place and do what only he can do. Father God, that hearts will be transformed, Lord God. People will be set right, Lord God. And people will, Father God, I believe this morning, Lord God, that there will be a turning around in this place, Lord God. There will be some breakthrough just like that, Lord God. It won't take too long for your Holy Spirit to start breaking off these shackles. As a matter of fact, I believe they are already broken in the Spirit, Lord God. I declare this morning, Lord God, that, 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 that marriage will be restored, Lord God. I declare this morning, Lord God, that families will be restored, Father God. I declare this morning that we were children, Lord God, will return home. I declare this morning, Lord God, that the enemy is defeated. I declare this morning, Lord, that kingdom will come. Oh God, I declare this morning, Lord God. So use me, Lord God, your men's servant. Hide me behind your cross that when your people see me, Lord God, that they will see you. Father God, let me operate the way you operate. Devil, you're a liar. You're defeated. And this one, you won't hold God's people back anymore. Father God, we're moving into a new level, a new anointing this morning. In Jesus' name, I let everybody say, Amen. 
This morning, I want to preach on a topic called a holy desperation. As we read this very familiar passage of Scripture found in Matthew chapter 5, and if you have been around the church for very long, you will know that this is called the Sermon on the Mount, or some others refer to it as the Beatitude. You see, the Old Testament ended with a curse, but the New Testament started with a blessing. How many of you know that is the reason why Jesus came? He said, I have come so that you may have life and have it to the full. Amen. How many of you know that your past was a curse, but you're a new creation this morning? That's a blessing. Amen. When I, when I was a sinner, I was ugly. But when I came to the Lord, I got a little bit beautiful. Amen. But the beat attitudes have a double intention. It let us know who we are and what character we should possess. You see, based on whom we are with the right character, we will inherit his promise. So here in verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. That is the character that God wants us to have. That is the posture that we should always be in. We should always be hungry and thirsty. And after, but hungry and thirsty for what? For righteousness. And here is the promise. We shall be filled. You see, God's desire for us is to live life to the full. Now, he's not a God that works halfway. He doesn't want you to have joy today and don't have joy tomorrow. He doesn't want you to be, be living in oppression and sadness. He said, I have come so that you may have life and have life to the full. But so many times we cut ourselves short because we are not hungry and thirsty enough. And I believe that as I hear the, 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 the revival service that, will, that are coming up, I believe that this morning this is the launching pad to something that will happen in PTC and in Connersville and will stretch out to Indiana and to the nation of Belize. But it first has to start with a holy desperation. Are there some hungry and thirsty people for a move of God in this house this morning? But you see, I want to call that hunger and thirst this morning a holy desperation. You see, in many parts of the world, there is a shortage of food and drinkable water. You know, in, in countries, there are a level of, the, the, the level of desperation is so high that people will do whatever it takes in order to get food or drinkable water. They will dig deep. It doesn't matter if the water is clear, if it's dirty. They will drink it because they're thirsty. They're hungry and they will do whatever it takes in order to satisfy that hunger and thirst. You know, in places like Venezuela, that, that should be one of the richest countries, they, they're, they're in desperation. They don't have toilet paper. There is a shortage of toilet paper. And so people will stand in long lines in order just to get toilet paper. But there is a desperation and they have to satisfy. I remember I did a, a crusade in, in, in Colombia. I mean, one of the first that I, I traveled with evangelists and we preach. And, and at the end, we, we did an altar call for people that wanted to be healed. And one lady came with a baby that couldn't hear. And she came up and we prayed for that child. And that child was able to hear. And we, we asked the lady, tell us your story. The lady said, evangelist, she said, we, we, I, I, I live uh, far off from here. 
He said, she said, but I, I heard that there is a, a revival movement going on here in Colombo, Bogota. He said, and I didn't have the money to catch the bus. And she said, I walk all day and all night because I believe that God was going to heal my child. I'm talking, come on somebody, I'm talking about hunger and thirst, a holy desperation that I will do whatever it takes for me to get what God has for me. How many of you know that desperate people will do desperate things? I don't know about you, but I know at times my mom was desperate and she'd do some desperate things in order for us to be filled. You see, God is not looking, God is not looking for I, the, I want people. You see, Pastor, I feel like we have become so comfortable That, that we're contented, we're satisfied with the I want. Oh, I, I want my, my family to be different. I, I, I want my marriage to, to look good. I, I want my marriage to be happy. I, I want America to go back to the place that it's used, the way it used to be, where, where the move of God was moving. I, I want my church to be like it used to be when the, the Spirit of God was moving. I, I want this and I want that. Let me tell you, you see, I want is not what God wants. What God wants is people that will not say, I want, but people that will say, I am desperate for my marriage to come around. I'm desperate for America to be like it used to be. I'm desperate for my children to come to the Lord. Um, you see, because desperate is saying that I, I, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. I believe that God is going to do something. I come to tell you this morning that God, it will take a holy desperation to change the situation in your life. It will take a holy desperation for your marriage to be restored. It will take a holy desperation for your finance to look good. It will take a holy desperation for your prodigals to return home. It will take a holy desperation to see the revival in this church, in this community, and in this nation. It will not take, I want... I want is I want change. Are you desperate enough for it? Pastor said that there is a new thing going on. That is, he sensed it in the spirit and he prophetically spirit. But how desperate are you for it? You see, desperate people do desperate. God is looking for some Jacob that said, I won't let go. I won't let go until you bless my soul. If I got to wrestle all night, I'm going to wrestle. I remember back in the days when I, come, when, when I was in church, uh, I, I remember that, we, listen, church was over at 10, but we were home by 12 because we would not leave the altar until God did something. But you see, we have become so comfortable that we leave without God blessing us. But I believe this morning that there are some of you in here that will not leave until your marriage is restored, will not leave until God gave you a breakthrough, will not 
not leave until God heal you. I believe this morning that there are some desperate people that say, Pastor, I'm not leaving. Brother, I'm not leaving. God, I won't let go until you bless me. I won't let go until you restore me. I won't let go until you heal me. I won't let go. You know, today, in most parts of the world, we identify today to be Palm Sunday. People were rejoicing because the Savior has come. People were rejoicing because the Messiah is here. Come on, I, I feel like I want to get a little bit more closer to you guys. They waved the palm branches. The Savior, but how many of you know before the Savior come, before the Savior came, they were desperate? Let me give you a little bit of Bible history. You see, in between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there is 400 years of silence. That is called the Inner Testament. There, is a, there was a lot of false prophets during that time that said that God was speaking when he wasn't really speaking. And there are some people that are still believing those false prophets to this day. The book of Maccabees and the book of dragons. And oh, you guys probably don't know about those books, but they're, they're out there. And there are people that still believe in those books. And there were 400 years of silence where God was detested by the sins of the people. Like he said, you know what? I'm just tired. I'm just going to, I'll just, you guys, I'll shut up. And he shut up for 400 years years. How many of you know that is a dangerous place to be where you're not hearing the voice of God? I mean, hope was running low. Faith was running low. I believe both the pagans and the Jews was worshiping every God that they knew and nothing changed. They were desperate for a touch. They were desperate for direction. They were desperate for, for they, they probably said, where is the God of Abraham? Where is the God of Jacob? Isaac? Where is this prophet that you guys talk about? Where is he? Because when we look around, it's pure disaster. Nobody's being healed. Nobody's being transformed. Nothing is going on. Faith was running low. I mean, the enemy probably told them, uh-huh, now you're going to die. This is the end of it. I believe they probably say, well, this is the way that life is always going to be. No, we just, we just got to settle for this. But I believe there were some. Come on, somebody. There is always a remnant that won't lose eyes off the promise. That won't, that, that won't doubt God for what he says. I believe during that time there were some people like Zachariah. Come on, somebody. There were some people like Elizabeth. There were some people like Mary and Joseph. They got up every morning and they worshipped. Even though God wasn't speaking, they were worshipping. I probably, I think they said, God, even if you're not doing anything, you are doing enough. Come on, somebody. There's some people like that here this morning. I believe they mocked them. Who are you worshipping? Who are you? Oh, don't you see God don't love us? He's not talking. I believe Zachariah 
looked at them and said, don't try to tell me my God is dead. He woke me up this morning. Don't try to tell me he's not alive. I, come on, sir. I spoke with him today. Come on, he brought me out of the Mary clay and said, I believe they worship. They said, you know what? I don't care what you say. Right now it might look like he's not speaking, but I'm going to trust him. I believe in his promise. He's not a man that he should lie. He won't go against his word. I believe they stand in the gap and say, I'm desperate. I'm, oh my God. They say, I don't care. I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to believe. I won't let go. I know my God. He's a faithful God. He will do what he says he's going to do. If he says he's going to come, he's going to come. If he's going to heal, he's going to heal. If he's going to deliver, he's going to deliver. Zachariah, Joseph, Mary, Elizabeth, they were desperate. And they say, God, we're not going to be like the rest. We're not going to turn our back and run away, but we're going to stay in the gap. We're going to still pray. I believe they pray harder. They worship harder. They fast longer. They believe stronger because they were desperate. You see, we celebrate on Palm Sunday, but it took desperation to bring Palm Sunday. you got to be desperate for the next place that God is going to take you. It won't take I just want. And because of their desperation, the silence was broken. God stepped in. Jesus came and the silence was broken. I want to speak to somebody right now. In that same place where the enemy told you that nothing is going to happen, it's the same place something is going to happen. In that same place that he told you you were going to die, is the same place you shall live. That same place he told you that you will always, it's always going to be like this, it's in the same place that he will set you straight and start to do some mighty things in your life. I believe it this morning. I'm, not, I'm prophetically speaking over somebody this morning that you will never be the same after today because there is a holy desperation stirring up inside of you that you won't be satisfied you won't be contented with where you are that you're going to say God I need you and I need you this very hour I'm not going to let go I'm not going to retrench I'm not going to show in the towel I'm not going to quit I will hold on I will hold on and God even if you don't do anything you are already doing enough I'm going to praise you harder. I'm going to worship you longer. I'm going to pray, prophet. Oh, Jesus, I believe this morning that God is stirring up a holy desperation inside of you. But let me give you some remedy to this holy. You got to understand that desperate people do desperate things. Desperate people don't really care what others think. Mm-mm. You see, des desperate people, where, where am I on my notes? Ah, right here. I'm on page four. I'm almost finished. So, so Miss Vanessa gave me a whole notebook. I said, I can't take that whole, no whole, that entire notebook up there. These people would think I'll preach an entire book. I tore the pages up, but I'm on the last page. You see, desperate people don't care what other people think. They don't care what anyone say. They, they, they will go where no one else will go. They won't let anyone stop them.
Come on, somebody. Are you desperate enough this morning? You see, desperate people will do desperate things. And I looked through the scriptures and there are multiple desperate people that did desperate things. And I just want to share three of those people with you if I can, and then I'll be finished, and then I'll pass over to pastor. But, but the first one is like the, like, like the woman with the issue of blood in Luke 8. You see, desperate people will break barriers. You see, the woman with an issue of blood, she did everything that she could in her power to try to fix that issue. And I believe there are some of you in here that have tried to fix that issue outside of Jesus. I want to tell you that you're just wasting time, money, and effort. Just surrender to God. But this woman with an issue of blood... For one, it was against Jewish customs to be amongst people while you have an issue of blood. Secondly, she was a woman. And everywhere that Jesus went, there were a crowd. A crowd of people was always with Jesus. And I, I want to call those people barriers. And I... This woman heard about a Savior. She said, I, I have done everything that I could. And I'm still with this issue of blood. For 12 years, I have been wasting my time, wasting my money, wasting everything. And, and, and still in the same position that I am today. You don't have to be like that. She got to a place whereby she was desperate for a touch. It was no longer, I would want this to be fixed. It went from, I would want this to be fixed, that I desperately need this to be fixed. And so there was a crowd, and I believe she got up early in the morning. And she sat on the side of the road to hear, because she heard that Jesus was coming. And she sat on the side of the road and, and there was Jesus. But there was this crowd of people around him. And she said, you know what? I won't let that stop me. I, I know the Jewish custom that I'm not supposed to be among them because I'm considered unclean. But I, I don't really care about the traditions. I really don't care about what is the, 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 the structure or the method or, or whatever it may be. I am desperately in need of that man. And I won't let any barrier, any customs, any tradition stop me from getting what I need because I'm desperately in need of that. I believe she hopped and she tried to get Jesus' attention, but Jesus probably was busy with the people. And so I believe she got on the ground and she began to crawl. I believe there were some in that circle that stepped on her finger. They stepped on her. They pushed her aside and said, you're not good enough. You're not good. You're not supposed to be here. How many of you know that when you're about to get your breakthrough, that the enemy will send some people to step on you 
to speak ill about you because they know something about you. But I come to tell you, don't let your past stop you from what God have for you this morning. You see, your past is where you used to live. God is, oh my God, God is not interested in who you were. He's interested in who you are. Ah, God, come on somebody. And I believe she pushed through the crowd. They stepped on her. That didn't stop her. They called her names. That didn't stop her. I believe she wanted a touch from God, but Jesus was so busy that she couldn't touch him. But she said, even if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I believe, oh my God, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. I believe that there are some this morning that won't wait God for for God to touch them but they will say God even if you don't touch me this morning I will reach out and touch you come on somebody are you desperate are you desperate are you desperate are you desperate to push through the crowd you see, so many times we come to the altar and if pastor don't lay his hands on us, we leave and say, oh, I didn't receive what I, what I, then you weren't desperate. That is what I got to say. You see, I could preach like this because I'll be gone tomorrow. <laughs> I'll be gone tomorrow so you guys won't be mad with me. But it's the word of God. You come to the altar and because the pastor didn't lay his hand on you, you feel as though you didn't receive. That is because you wanted, I want a blessing. You weren't desperate for a touch. Because a desperate person won't wait for you to touch me. I'll touch you. Even if you don't call me, I'm going to call you. Come on, because you have something that I need. You have something that I, I, I'm desperately in need of. And so I won't leave until you give me what you have for me. Are you desperate to break barriers? Desperate to break, because I'll be doing this a lot. All right, break barriers. Are you desperate? How desperate? There is a next story in the Bible with, the, with a blind man. And I know Jesus healed a lot of blind men, but this one is, is kind of funny to me. In, in John chapter 9, healed a blind man. And how many, how many of you know desperate people don't care how you do it, just do it? Desperate people don't care how you do it, just do it. This, this blind man heard of Jesus. And you know, Jesus healed so many people in the Bible that he just spoke a word. But this particular blind man, he, desired, he, he said, you know what, I'm going to spit in the mud. And I'm going to heal this one. Now, I know the blind man probably couldn't see, but he had a good sense of smell. Because when, when one shut down, the others open up. And nowhere in the New Testament did I see they mention toothbrush and Colgate. But they did, show that, they did say that they eat a lot of fish. And so Jesus spitting in this mud. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And, and he put it on this man's eye. He couldn't see, but he could have smelled it. And I, in his mind, you know, Norma would say, but Jesus, you, you just spoke the word. I heard it. You, you just speak the word and people were healed. Why did you have to spit in this mud? <laughs> I don't believe he questioned that. He said, Lord, it doesn't matter how you do it. Just do it. You see, so many times we want God to work on our terms. 
We want to treat God like a genie in a bottle. I'll make a, a step farther. Some of us want to treat God like a prostitute. Only when I need you, I call you. Let God be God in your life. He said, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. It's far above. Trust the process. Right now, you might, God might not look like he's working on your terms, but just trust the process. Because even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. Come on, somebody. If you are desperate enough, you're going to say, God, it doesn't matter how you do it as long as you do it. God, I don't know how you're going to bring my children back home, but as long as you do it, you do it. Right now, they might be going through pain. Right now, they might, you don't know what process God is channeling through. God is probably taking them from a salt to a paw, but you got to trust the process. And here is the last one. Luke chapter 19, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. You remember the Sunday school song? Zacchaeus was a rich, influential man. But his riches wasn't enough. You see, so many times we, we grab on to false hope. That all I need is financial security and I'll be okay. The Bible says, what does it gain a man? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? That was the state that Zacchaeus was in. He was, all he was concerned about was moving up the success level and making a lot of money and making another dollar. That was all that he was concerned about. But deep down there was a void inside of him that money could not fulfill. That all his influence and, and, his, and his circle of influence could not satisfy. He was desperate for something more than that. And it was a touch from God. So Zacchaeus heard about this man. And he was desperate. Now understand this, Zacchaeus climbed up into a tree. Now, Zacchaeus had enough money to buy, to buy an a escalator or buy a long ladder. But that would have taken too long. I need Jesus now. It's Jesus I want to see, and I need to see him now. I can't wait for an escalator to come. I can't wait for that ladder to come. Zacchaeus saw a tree. And understand that back in those days, women, uh, men would wear a robe. And it was against the Jewish custom for a man to show his leg. There is no way that Zacchaeus could have climbed that tree without breaking customs and tradition. I'm preaching this morning. I want you guys to hear because I feel as though the church of today is still stuck in customs and tradition and not giving way for the spirit to move. We're restricting the Holy Spirit from operating the way he's su supposed to operate. We want to put God in a little box. God is saying, I'm bigger than your customs. I'm bigger than your tradition. Let me be God and watch me do what only me can do. So he pulled up the robe. He broke the customs. 
and he climbed up into that tree. Jesus said, you, come down. I'm going to your house for tea. And the Bible saw that I believe that Zacchaeus, all that he had, the Bible said everything that he had, he began to give away. Because he understood now that it was not all about my riches. And I believe there are some in here that has that, that false hope that all they need is a financial security. What you need is assurance, not even your insurance. You need assurance that if you should die today, that when you stand before the Lord and he asks you what you have done, you'll be able to say, Lord, I have served you with everything I had. Or you could be like the man at the bull of Bethesda. Can I have some worship, brother? The, that was at the pool for 38 years. He wasn't desperate. When Jesus showed up on the scene, and Jesus said, do you want to be made well? He didn't say yes. He said, well... Every time I try to get in, someone get in before me. That indicate that he could have moved a little bit. Because he said, every time I try to get in, somebody beat me to it. So that indicate to me that he could have crawled. For 38 years, I don't know how far away he was from that pool, but I think that is enough time if he was desperate enough to get in that pool. And then he came up with a bunch of excuses. Well, nobody's here to put me in the pool. If you're desperate enough, you don't need nobody to put you in the pool. You will just jump in the pool. I don't know about you, but you might not be 38 years, but it might have very well be one year, or it might be 50 years, that you have been waiting for God to do something in your life, and every time you're about to do it, you let the enemy rob you of your blessing. And then when, we, when somebody asks you, why is it that your life is the way it is, uh, is right now, the quickest thing for you to do is to blame somebody else. Well, it's my mom. She didn't love me. Or it's, 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 it's my husband. You, you don't know, Pastor Derek, what I've been through. To be honest, I don't care. Why? Because I know this morning you no longer have to have that story. You can say, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was going the wrong direction, but the Lord said, come on somebody, hold on. <laughs> 38 years. Are you desperate? What are you desperate for this morning? What are your expectations? To just come to church and say, well, I've been to church and I could tick that off my to-do list. 
I gave my offering. I think I have done enough. See, so many times we settle for the good things, but God has called us to great things. It's good to come to church. It's good to give the offering. It's good to sing worship. But God is not satisfied with just good. When he said, greater things you will do in my name. But you got to be desperate for it. That young man that has been running from his call that God sent me to talk to this morning, God said, you can't run no longer. You can't outrun him. That young lady that God showed me wanted to commit suicide because she doesn't feel loved. She doesn't feel beautiful enough. She doesn't feel good enough. This one I come to tell you that God, God is saying, no longer will you be like this because I'm going to show up. The pool is being stirred right now. Come on, can I get some people to sing, brother? I, I, we we got to break through this. Can I get some singers up here? I, I just want you guys to flow with the Spirit, Pastor. I'll turn over to you right now. I need some people that will be able to flow in the Spirit with me right now. Those, those, those intercessors, those worship, those, those prayer warriors, I need you to be praying with me right now. The pool is being stirred this very moment. How desperate are you? Will you leave here the same way you came in? Are you concerned of what others may say about you? And think about you? If you are desperate enough, come on, somebody. How desperate are you this morning? I call you Pastor Ron, I pray that today's message and program has been just a great blessing to you. And I just am uh, so thankful that we had the privilege to come into your home today or wherever you may be watching. I would encourage you to uh, continue to follow us. We're on all of the major social media platforms. Uh, we have podcasts that you can follow us with. I would encourage you to reach out to us and let us know. Our information's on the screen. And uh, if we've been a blessing to you, please contact us. Let us know. And we look forward to sharing the word of the Lord with you again uh, next time. God bless you. We'll see you soon.